Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox, the Journal's Senior Editor. With us, Chaga Zapata, the Managing Editor, and Sergeant First Class Isvaldo Akite, the NCOIC. Today we discuss the article, Future Weapons Technology of 2040, by Command Sergeant Major Christopher L. Hartzell. Unfortunately, Sergeant Major Hartzell could not join us today. But I think this article is interesting and deserves some conversation. So let's talk about it. Yeah, so this is a this is a really good article. Um, one of the reasons I liked the article was because it's kind of painting a picture of what the future might look like. Now, it obviously doesn't talk about all the weapons and technology advancements that we'll probably see, but it gets at least the conversation started maybe on what, what NCOs can do to prepare or what, what, what it means for them. You know, I think that with the, uh, the speed that technology has been um, de- being developed over the course of, I mean, it's been increasingly sophisticated uh, incrementally. So it, as, as time goes by, uh, every advancement, it means another advancement in the future. So it's been moving very fast. So technology moved kind of slow, I guess, in the 1800s and then picked up speed. And now here we are moving at light speed and we can only guess uh, which is what this article is doing. It's kind of he's he's talking about the potential of technology, uh, AI, and other things like that. Uh, Fifteen years from now, and we can only speculate. And I, I, one of the reasons I like this article, I personally like uh, science fiction, reading science fiction. And I thought this article had an aspect of science fiction, but I think it's important that we talk about these kind of things because technology especially at the NCO level, uh, is gonna be, it's important to, to, to be aware of it and to talk about it. It's important for NCOs to know how uh, to, to look at the potential and how they can, they can uh, use it on a day-to-day basis and, and implement it and use it at the, their level, which is more of a tactical rather than strategic level. I think before we start, though, let's, why don't we define artificial intelligence, right? Um, Autonomous weapons. What what does that mean exactly? Sergeant Cox, what do you think that that, that means? Artificial intelligence? I mean, it, it essentially means like a machine or some sort of program that can determine things on a fly um, to, uh, to, to accomplish its own mission, whatever that may be. Um, and I think that what the author does here is is tie that to our what we use as UAVs, our unmanned aerial uh, vehicles, to to be used in combat. And I think that a lot of things that he talks about in this is really what our future army might look like in the wars that are coming, and in realistic opportunities that we may have. So some of these ideas that he has are are really based around laser technology, um, AI drones things that will fly autonomously to locations to be used in combat to find high-value targets or um, environments that maybe some of our soldiers can't get to to be used for combat. And I think that that's pretty interesting. And then he kind of paints the picture of how our soldiers can utilize that equipment, even at the even at the lowest level, to be efficient. I think that's pretty cool. And it definitely raises some of those issues like safety. You know, maybe we won't have to put you know, our best guys on the ground kicking in doors when we have these machines doing it for us now. I think that's pretty interesting, too. 
I think there's always going to, you're always going to need the human element though. You know, soldiers need to, you know, it's just another tool, whether it's AI or whatever the technology is. It's, a, it's other, it's tools that's, that, that give uh, the soldiers, soldiers an edge in the field. Uh, but always when it comes to being a soldier, I think it always leads back to, you know, those basic soldier skills and being able to, being physically fit, being smart, being uh, uh, training uh, in an environment that's sim- that's uh, that simulates exactly what the environment's going to be in combat, uh, and then using those tools in in that kind of in that training so that you can use them to enhance your abilities. Uh, as far as uh, autonomous, though, I mean, I think that's a danger in and of itself because autonomous means that it it does its th- its own thinking, meaning that you fire and forget it. Whether it's uh, a drone that you aim in a certain direction to do a specific mission, and then it's doing it based on the the parameters you give it but it's thinking on itself on its own and doing its own thing and i think there's there's kind of some dangers inherent with that uh so i think everything's i think it's gonna to have it's gonna need to continue to have some sort of uh the human element involved in it when it comes to you know whatever technology is developed uh, but that's that's i think that's something that that the big brains uh, you know the scientists or whatever are going to need to figure out you know that and, and incorporate with whatever tools they're given to soldiers or even or even NCOs and soldiers using it down at the the end user level, right? Like uh, running into scenarios where the, the the automation doesn't really meet the mark. You know, because some of that feedback can probably be um, useful to kind of you know change some of the technology or maybe advance it a little bit. I, I think what the danger that you're talking about is some of the challenges that automation brings, which is kind of like over reliance, maybe. Right when when you have yeah. a a tool that does its own thinking or does its thinking for you, and you over rely on that, I think that's one of the dangers. So maybe we can talk a little bit more of the challenges that this type of technology brings. I think that's a significant one. Significant one, you know, over reliance on it. What if you do have drones that are uh, that are off thinking on their own and off doing doing something, and then the enemy has a means to hack into them and use them against you. You know, there's always going to be, you know, that's something we're going to talk about probably a little further on in this conversation uh, when it comes to cyber. But that's, it's, that's the thing is about technology is that it's all interconnected. And if it's hacked, then it becomes a liability rather than, than, than a benefit. And I think that's, that'll be a, a challenge that it, it won't necessarily be uh, a challenge that the soldiers will face. It'll be the, whoever it is that develops the technology. But uh, I think being aware of it. Is something that soldiers will need to, you know, need to do. They need to be aware with the technology and not be so overly dependent on it that without it they're not able to function, not able to execute the mission. It always, again, they always, it's always going to lead back to basic soldier skills. Soldiers out in the field, you know, with a ruck in their back, a rifle or a weapon in their hands, whatever it might be back in in, in twenty forty. Whether uh, as this the author talked about, you know, involving something with lasers or something else. It's it, there's always going to be something, uh, but you know soldiers still need to be able to execute with those skills that they earned and they practice and you know being physically fit, mentally fit, and able to to think on their feet and uh, work as a team. Yeah, at the end of the day, whatever tool it is, you still need to bring it into the battlefield, right? So you need to be able to phys- be physically fit to carry whatever laser or whatever AI equipment, and then have the 
competency to be able to use it and troubleshoot it on the fly and then not rely on it when it goes down, right? Yeah, that kind of brings up a point. There was a there was something – I mean, it's been a few years in the works, too, but they – I know the Marines used it. I think it called it the mule, and it was this robotic thing that carried – like can carry up to 500 pounds worth of gear. Yeah. And it just – it was one of these things that could go through all – in all terrain. Uh, I can only imagine something like that would be developed – uh, would be more developed probably within the next 15 years to the point where it could be uh, fielded and 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 work and be integrated with the with the unit, uh, whatever unit, whether it's infantry or whatever. Um, but you know that again, what if it goes down? What if you know it takes too much to repair it, and now you have to you know hump all that gear, and it, it's going to be y'all, you carrying it out in the field. So there's always going to be challenges, and that's that's what that's no matter how much technology we get. It always leads back to the same thing, you know. We have to be able to execute and do what needs to be done without all that stuff. You you, you mentioned that, and I I immediately pictured this robotic, you said mule, with a fifty cal on it that can actually establish a base of fire by itself, you know, super quickly without having to you know set a a, tr- a tripod down or anything. Just but tell it where to go. Yeah, you just tell it where to go. Nobody has to lug that piece, that freaking machine gun around. <laughs> Or maybe not even tell it where to go. Maybe because of AI, it already knows where the best position is. You just got to tell it where the target is or where the movement of troops is. Yeah, talk about it. We, we talked, you and I talked a little bit before the, we started the podcast, and you talked about, you know, the use of AI, whether it's like, say, a tablet. Well, you, you go into it a little bit. Talk. Yeah, I think so that's kind of cool what you brought up. I guess I was just thinking of, like, you know, as in, in the infantry, how would the infantry use AI? And I was just thinking, well, when you're doing offensive operations, maybe you need to find a, a target or maybe you're getting sniper fire from a building in a mountain environment and you have a AI to help you analyze where the trajectory could be coming from, kind of pinpoint different um, better avenues of approach using you know drone uh, imagery and things like that. Wait, let's take that back a little bit because you're talking more like a, almost like an Afghanistan type scenario. Let's talk about it in an urban, urban environment. Yeah, so if we, you know, we talked about, uh, what was that, the Battle of Mogadishu, right? If we talk about that kind of environment where they were having a lot of, uh, they were having a hard time relaying um, obstacles on the on the route because, you know, the enemy was putting up obstacles or, or amassing in different locations. If you had AI that could be reading the imagery or a drone, right, or a drone from above, right, and it could give you the best way to approach or, or to egress from a certain location. Um, that's where I can see AI being used offensively or even defensively. You know, one of the things that I had mentioned was that maybe when you're setting up your patrol base or something and you need to set up a defensive position quickly, it can analyze the terrain. It can probably tell you fixed where the fire. avenues of approach are. Yeah. Fixed fires positions. Um, so I, I could see AI being used in a lot of different ways and, and I think we got to the at the end of that conversation. We were like, "But you know, what 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 will that tool do? And that it'll save a soldier time. But at the end of the day, if those weapons go down, the the NCO, the soldiers still need to be able to do those things without it." I I think one of the main dangers to having AI and autonomous equipment is once it becomes more than just a tool for us to use to help us win the fight, and it becomes, I mean it. Are we talking about it getting so close to it becoming a soldier where mm. we have AI soldiers running around? And when that happens, what's the point for us? 
You know what I mean? Uh, once it becomes more than a tool, you know, because the equipment thing is cool. Like, oh, where does that shot come from? That's great because that gives us information of how to tackle that objective. But it's like, what happens when it becomes more than that? Yeah, I think in that at that, and that's that could be completely real, right? But I think that's where what makes up a soldier is so many more things. And when we talk about um, AI technology, the way I see it is is it's it's not a being of character and values that can make decisions that you know that aren't so black and white, right? So um, I think you know I'm on the same page with Chago that. You're always going to need a soldier, um, but will a super soldier like that be an effective tool in a combat multiplier? Definitely. It's just going to be those are those are going to be some of the challenges that are going to come up for for the future forces. How do you how do you where do you draw the line and where do you um, how do you control or manage those that technology? Right, and even if like the author states, putting the AI into a, a UAV, for instance. Will it have some sort of control in place to send back information and say, hey, I found this. Can I engage? Or is it just going to do it because of a set number list of checkboxes that it, that it fulfilled, right? Yes, this is the guy. Yes, we've, I did facial recognition. Yes, I have the ammunition to take him out. It's a good time. Least amount of casualties, right? Right. Or does it actually report back and we, and we go through the actual proper chain of command? Like we usually do to engage these these targets. Well, I think that's that brings up a good point because you know we've talked about this before with centralized and decentralized operations. When we talk about mission command, you know the the kind of uh, warfare that we've been in before has been kind of you know you'd have you you need to have decentralized operations, and depending on the op temple, depending on on how much the enemy is 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 making us change our plans so quickly it might have to be that those those decisions are decentralized from higher headquarters and given to commanders on the battlefield given to captains given to platoon leaders so i think all those things are going to you know the 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 future warfare environment is going to have to is going to have a say in how we execute some of those operations so it's going to be kind of like a i would say like a blue force tracker but advanced where everything is integrated into it communications and then you know, I don't imagine that you know the uh, command, the commander of a of a battalion or a, of a regiment or whatever is gonna is gonna be need to make decisions on the spot. You know, you can you have they have to leave a, a lot of things to the, the the soldiers in the field to to make the decisions that need to be made in the heat of combat. But it would I would imagine it would be something that happens quick. And I I think that ultimately with when it comes to technology, I think that's that's what it is. It's gonna allow. Um, Things to happen faster, where technology allows communication to flow back and forth faster to allow for things to happen uh, even more immediately than than they did in, in the past ever before. But now, now you're talking about which is kind of the next. It leads us into the next uh, thing that the author talks about, which is the cyber warfare part of it. All these systems are tied together. Right, they're they're all talking to each other. They're all communicating. Information is shared, kind of thing. But what happens when these things get a virus, get infected, get uh, hacked? Or what about an, an electro, electromagnetic pulse, an EMP, exactly, which yeah. takes out everything? And now you're back in the dark ages, and you have nothing. Right now, we've completely relied on this technology that 
doesn't work. Yeah, so part of part of this whole movement toward advancement in weapons and technology is going to have to include some kind of cyber warfare. And the author points out that you know, in 2040, cyber branch of the army is going to be the most in demand because everything is going to require some kind of cyber defense. Um, and the author goes on to talk about you know cyber warfare and information warfare, um, hypersonic technology and things like that. So that's going to be a real thing that we're going to need to to defend against and be prepared as as we're gaining our technology we need to defend that technology because our adversaries can also be um, moving in that space who knows what the what the challenges will be you know 16 years from now in 2040 but it it's it, i can only imagine that they're going to be it's going to be more challenging and uh and harder to counter and stay ahead of the author goes on to talk about um because we're already seeing that this needs to happen right we're already seeing that advancements are only going to continue. The army needs to keep pace or get ahead of our adversaries. We can see that part of this is going to require cyber defense. The author moves on to say that in the future, the U.S. is going to have to develop these weapons and get advanced, get ahead of some of these developments, and we're going to have to put our, our best and brightest to it. And we, as we're developing these things, there's going to be a need to not only develop it but test the the, the equipment, and then train the equipment. And I think that's when the author uh, brings up the NCO's role in in future warfare, which is going to be which is going to be what to lead and train soldiers on how to how to use the equipment. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to change our charges for that's not ever going to change, but it might change how we go about it, right? You know, this kind of brings up something that we mentioned earlier: is uh, do NCOs know you know as they're testing equipment as they're getting fielded new equipment do they know where to provide the army some some of that feedback on is this working or what is this new doctrine needs to get developed and that's uh that's the center for lessons learned right that's what we talked about yeah, that, yeah. That, so that that'll be that's a starting place because they're always updated they use they're the ones who update the uh, doctrine they gather information from the field from soldiers from uh from testers from whatever sources and they they uh they develop and update the doctrine to be able to keep up with whatever it is that's uh, that's being used. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's be. I know we're kind of moving forward here on this, but we one of the things that he talked about. The author talked about is uh, was it hypersonic uh, rockets and and uh, that kind of thing, and then lasers. I think his his idea behind these and why we need them is to surprise the enemy even faster. So we got hypersonic weapons or, or aircraft that move at what he's saying is 20 times the speed of sound, which would, in no doubt, surprise any enemy. You know, when I see, when I think about lasers, I think about Star Wars and... <laughs> you know, yeah, how would I use a big laser like that? Well, in Iraq, you know, we had a lot of obstacles that we had to overcome that were difficult, that took time, and the faster we can get in there, the faster we, we, we can surprise the enemy. And so... One of the things I thought about was, what if I had a laser that can help me breach this, you know, this gate, this metal gate, or um, cut away the reinforced, yeah, and the lock. Exactly. So um, that's where I saw the use of lasers. Um, but what does that mean? I guess that means that the, the future NCO is going to be, you know, they're going to have so much, um, you know, additional knowledge. You know, like their yeah. correspondence courses are going to look different than my correspondence <laughs> courses for sure. We'll go from having the NCO saber to a lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that that's, that's totally great. I mean, using a tool like that 
for our physical soldier to, to take down a wall could, is only going to promote the safety and uh, efficiency of that mission. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so instead of blasting the, the hinges with a shotgun – Mm. And then kicking the door in, it probably still resisted because it didn't blow them all the way out. So yet they, they know that you're there instead of just the laser that just kind of cuts through the metal really quickly. And then there you are. I think that that's a that's an interesting idea. I think it'd be great. Yeah, yeah. And then about the the close air support, you know, what does that mean for for the soldier on the ground? For a while, it, you know, the infantry units have a hard time uh, calling for fire or, or being able to do that. You know, not it's it's training that you need to do. With this future technology, if you're calling in hypersonic weapons, I mean, you're going to need to be on point with your training. That's just the way I see it. That basic soldier skills, is you're going to have to, you're going to, have to be extremely proficient. You know, with technology and communications being so integrated that it, and drone technology and AI, uh, it can integrate everything and make it easier to, to be able to perform and to, to have the, those capabilities to where yeah, you can or, use it. Or maybe it, it get, becomes so smart. They, it doesn't need – you just press button A, you know? I swear, this all of this only makes me think that by 2040, if we have this, then at least by 2080, the AI will eliminate the human race. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I always think of the Matrix when I think of AI and, like, how, how it relates to the military. The Matrix or the Terminator? Either one. Skynet's going to take over. Yeah. that's. Uh, I mean, all those sci-fi movies are literally what – People have dreams about what AI can do, and then they put it on film. And those are some of the some of the ethical issues that we have with with hitting the easy button on the AI. Well, you know, moving away from AI, though, I, I, one of the things I was thinking about was uh, the movie The Edge of Tomorrow. You know, that mm-hmm. exoskeleton t- or exo robotic oh, type that cool. makes that where where it, it enhancing. I think they're already the army's already working on something like that, where it enhances a soldier's uh, abilities, capabilities. Oh, and I don't uh, know, but I have almost no doubt that we're already dabbling in some of this stuff as we speak, but. I think that it's more of an ethical concern than it is should like should we have it? Sure. But should we utilize it? I think that's the question. Yeah, and I think when we talk about NCOs today, soldiers today, what can they do you know to prepare themselves for this future kind of warfare? Um it's it it all goes back to basic soldier skills, being proficient, being aware, knowing strategic uh implications and what that can mean, and then basically just focusing on those those crucial leading TLPs, you know, troop leading procedures, or any kind of uh, small unit movements. Just being proficient at that, and I think that's the best thing you can do. Know how to communicate. That's gonna be that's gonna be a huge thing. Thank you for joining us. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the NCO Journal Podcast.